Hey everyone, welcome to the Laying Foundations podcast. I am your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lott. What's up, Walker? What's up, Davis? How's your day going, man? Good. That's uh, take three. Uh, we had some take enunciating three. problems there. but Yeah, we couldn't we're, talk for a little bit. We're growing. We're getting better. But uh, <laughs> dude, to answer your question, my day, it was kind of a, it was a, it was a, it was a boring day. It was uh, a day Come of uh, putting up fire insulation. Of just, Davis doesn't have boring days. It really was. It was it's monotonous, but it was it's yeah. a good day. I learned something new. I learned a different trade. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for the guys who do that every day. So <laughs> Man, I, I hate that. fire stopping and fire any anything you do with it. It's awful. I've done mm-hmm. a fair share of fire caulking before, and it is the worst. So <laughs> appreciate you guys. Thank you that you do it. I'm glad right. I don't. What about uh, you? You know, we man, it's been a good day. It's uh kind of the same, putting out some fires. You know, our PM, one of the other PMs has been out of the office. Uh, so I'm glad he's back today and kind of catching them up and uh getting to learn a little bit. And man, it's it's good. I'm excited to go eat dinner because we have not had dinner yet. But dude, we had an awesome guest. Uh he was a blast to talk to. Really cool dude, you know, very knowledgeable. He, he he started his own company. It's called Heave. His name is Alex Kraft. And so he was in the heavy equipment industry for quite some time, you know, over 16 years, I believe he said, and, and start decided to do it, do it on his own. And so pretty much he's made an app that makes it easy for people of all works in life and any company who wants to rent or buy heavy machinery or compacts uh, to buy it, you know, instead of having to call a salesman and go there and ask him to get a quote, the salesman has to go and get a get a quote from someone else or find it, it takes time. It, it's a lot. It, it's not easy. It doesn't flow. You can go to heave H E A V E. You can add what you need. You can say when you need it, the type that you need it, where you need it. And then you can get all kinds of different vendors in that area to quote right there from the app. And so you can have five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten quotes in a second without having to call five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. You can do it in one app in 10 seconds and just wait for those to come in. It is incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And I'm excited for everyone who's listening to go look it up. Seriously, it's it's awesome. If you're in the heavy equipment and, constru- and construction, you need anything, heave, H-E-A-V-E. What do you think of it? Man, I thought it was cool. I mean, you just explained just how the user-friendly the app is. There's obviously, he spent a lot of time honing that idea. But just at the heart of Alex was, like any entrepreneur, you find out what your customer wants and really what they yeah. need. And for yep. so many people, we talked, it was funny. We started to talk about the field and what it's like for a salesman to go into uh, the job site trailer and try to sell to a superintendent. <laughs> yeah. Like you realize how hard that is. Like you have to establish a relationship. And so he's not cutting out who the salesman is, but he's allowing it to be um, at a more user-friendly base to where it just connects them right with the user. And just the, the the quick nature of it. Okay, it's not just a salesman now trying to sell. Okay, wait, now I'm going to get a quote from my office and I got to wait for that person to give the quote. It's just all this back and forth, cuts it out, and he puts it right where you need it. The other thing I loved about him was just the relationship side. Uh, he just grew and grew off relationships, and that just seems to be a lot of his career is he learned how to talk to people, he learned how to listen to people, he learned how to help people, and vice versa. And if that's one thing you say about Alex, I think that's awesome because um, he now has this podcast. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's called Heave. Just type that in, like Walker said. But um, he's interviewing um, other business owners when there's a fork in the road. What was that decision? What was that decision you made when 
it got to a point where if I make the wrong decision, it's not going to go well, but if I make the good one, it's going to go really great. And so uh, just love what he's doing, love his heart, love what he what he's, uh, has a passion for. I mean, he encouraged us in a way I never thought of, talking about yeah. our passion. Like, it's good to hear. Um, it's really good to hear that he says, man, I can see a change. I can see a passion. I can see a desire in your hearts, and I just really love who you are. And, man, that was um, just hearing it those words itself. It meant the world to us. Yeah. So, guys, I, I can't wait for you to listen. Seriously, he was a blast to talk to. Please go check out his app. Go check out who he is. Without further ado, Alex Kraft. Are you tired of being told to just be yourself at an interview? Do you leave interviews wondering if you nailed it? Well, in 2022, Laying Foundations is here for you. We'll be offering a career prep service to help you land the job. To start out, we'll book a free consultation call to get to know you, your interest, your personality, and what you feel least prepared when heading into an interview. After that, we'll update your resume to industry standards, walk you through your track to growth, hone in your elevator pitch, and show you how to stand out amongst other candidates. To learn more, go to our website and click on Career Connections at lang-foundations.com. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's uh, there. The the industry doesn't do a very good job of promoting uh, the important work that they do, and yeah. you know, so much of it is becoming more important too. You know, the population is expanding, resources are declining. You know, we have to solve certain <laughs> infrastructure. I, and I think people yeah. think of maybe infrastructure as just like building roads and things, which we all know uh, the state of our roads are in you know, disrepair. But, you know, it, it's a shame, you know, because, you know, the customers that we used to sell and rent equipment to, they build a 400 lot housing development. There's 400 yeah. families that live, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's just, we, We've never it done a, people's lives, yeah. Right. We've never done a very good job of of kind of telling that story. And, yeah, that, and that's where, I'm sorry, that's where I think like what's really cool or the where Aaron Wick comes in because he's really uh shining a positive light on the customers and the works work that they do. Yeah, and, and you can't you can't run the, the world honestly without construction, like nothing. What we're doing right now at this very point in time, but talking on a computer with microphones, <laughs> with, you know, having internet connection and not being in the same room. And electricity. Everything. I mean, it's all because of construction. Now, there are people behind it that designed a lot of it, right, that, that made it work. But you wouldn't, have get it, you wouldn't have gotten this without the people in the field going out there and, and installing it and making it work. And like what you were just saying, you know, I love residential construction. I work in commercial, but... I always have had a passion for residential because you're building a home that people get to go to, go back to on a, a daily basis. Like they're a place where they just get to feel safe. They get to come home. They get to raise their kids. Uh, and it, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it, it's something really cool. Like you were just saying, and infrastructure, roads, et cetera. It just makes the world go around. But what are you passionate about? Why are you, why are you in construction? And you know, why, why had it, why don't you want to start a, a different job or a different company in another field? or started a different type of uh, software company than you did? No, it, it was it was mainly because Davis had kind of highlighted earlier because I, I saw a problem, you know, and, and I had spent so much time in the industry, you know, 16 years at different levels. Uh, I felt it would have been a shame to kind of throw away that experience. And, um, and I was never... 
um, a, an entrepreneurial type of person. Like I didn't, I didn't set out, like I didn't have these goals uh, when I was younger, but I'm going to start a company. Uh, and so I just want to like outline that that's how committed I, I felt to the idea that we could solve that problem. And it was, and it's yeah. a common sense thing. It's not, <laughs> I laugh a lot. Um, you know, when I talk to people and they ask me these types of things, like we're not launching a rocket. <laughs> we're not, I'm not Elon Musk. <laughs> like it, this template has, has been applied to other industries, you know? Mm. And so right. uh, I, I think this, this industry is under the radar and that's, and it requires a lot of institutional knowledge in order to bring some, something like Heave to the market, which is why, because naturally people will ask you, well, why hasn't anyone done that before? And I think that's part of it because you have to have a, a good amount of institutional knowledge in order to get it off the ground and to, to do it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. Right. And, you know, Alex, it's funny or not, I want to say funny, but it's interesting because to know again about having this idea, that means you had to been having your thumb on the market. And really, you've had to do it before the market because you're on the cusp of it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you the only person that is in this type of space? There are other companies, um, but we're we attack it from a different angle. No one attacks the problem from the same angle that we do. And like what that. you're bringing up is, is true. And that's why I come back to, I was a, a salesman. I've sat in front of customers. I know personally the pain, like there's nothing worse than when a customer, like every salesperson knows that has this version of a story at some point. You know, you're handed a list of accounts and you're said, and it's, it's called a UCC report. And it shows you all the customers in your area or a lot of customers because it's UCC filings. These are customers that have bought equipment in the past. And you sit there and you go, but wait, they've already bought this. <laughs> and, and the manager says to you, well, you know, statistics show that if they bought something uh, 12 months ago, they could be in the market, uh, you know, now. All right. So then you just you just go call on people and there's a large amount of customers who won't see you. And it's like a test for some of them. It's like sometimes you get in front of a customer and they'll say, well, you're the third different salesperson I've seen in the last two years. We'll see how long you last. And they want to see you keep showing up. And you got, you know, eight months later, you've still showed up once every couple yeah. of weeks. And then maybe they let you quote some. All right. Right. And so the long but then. But then if that guy gives you a shot, hey, I need a quote on this. Do okay, it. let me let me get back to you. <laughs> and then I got to call into the office. And then I got to wait for someone to get back to me. And then mm, that's good. my shot is kind of gone with this customer that I've been knocking on his door for a year. Right. <laughs> you know, and then who knows how much longer it'll, he'll, it'll go before he gives you another shot. And so yeah. that's what helped me you know have the vision and the idea for the product because i have lived it mm -hmm. um and you know i've had people uh, ask me either from dealerships or like an oem well if you were still at flagler 
would you be on heave? Like, damn right we would. <laughs> 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 we didn't have 30% market share. What yeah. it does is it gives us more visibility to who's buying equipment right now. Mm, right. That's good. <laughs> Why not? Right. right. Alex, what, what was it like being a salesman? I know we just kind of brushed past that point, but I mean, to me, you know, I'm in the field. My track is to be a superintendent. And, uh, you know, I would have to agree too with Walker. It's long game because if someone just comes up to me and just gives me a pitch for, you know, that's the only time I met him, most likely I'm just going to, I mean, turn him down unless he's got a price that's just killing what we got right now. So, I mean, showing up daily or not daily, showing up and periodically and, and willing to take time and, and have a relationship with them. What is that like? Because I like they know you're coming. They know you're the salesman. They're trying to get your business. So what is that like being a salesman, going to a, a superintendent and sort construction and trying to get win their business over? I feel like that'd be a very intense job. It's brutally hard. <laughs> it is a good way to brutally difficult. Because, like, think about it. Like, you, you did a really good job of kind of laying it out, right? Because here you are, you pull up on a job site. There are, guys are working, <laughs> right? And this is also why I felt like our, our, our product makes a lot of sense. So, you know, picture, here's a salesman. He gets out of his car. You're in, the guy's in an excavator or doing something. And you're like, hey, hey. <laughs> and the guy's like, Stop. He shuts down the excavator. Okay. <laughs> what do you, who are you and what do you want? <laughs> like, Hey, um, uh, do you need any equipment to rent? <laughs> Fires it back up. <laughs> right. You know, and, but it, it, we're kind of like making light of it, but that's a lot of a salesman's yeah. day, you know, mm -hmm. naturally, you know, you catch people at certain points in time. Like uh, I think one of the things that, a lot of successful guys do is they plan their days out really well. And you try to hit someone like before 7am because typically the best time to where a contractor will give you, uh, you know, a little bit of their time is either first, first thing in the morning before everything starts going or end of day where kind of people have left the office and people are more open to talk. But that's where, like I, when I originally talked to Davis, I felt like, your podcast really can help um, like equipment dealers is what we just outlined. It's very difficult for a salesperson to get to know a customer uh, because if you're calling on them, it's during their work day and you know, they're not going to tell you about their business. You know, they, they got a job to do. But it helps you as an equipment person understand what, what they do, uh, you know, their jobs and everything. And so like, when there's podcasts like, your, like yourselves, where you have customers on, like I, I listened to the one with, um, I think his name was Arthur from JEA. If I'm a salesman in that, in that market, I could tune into that podcast, learn about him, learn about JEA, what do they do, what... You see what I'm saying? It gives yeah. it's a different outlet for vendors to maybe learn about their customers and then learn about the challenges of a customer. Because I think Walker, you had kind of touched on this a little bit. Is that if I'm an equipment salesperson, I'm calling on you. I only know you in the context of our relationship, where you need equipment and I'm quoting you equipment. I don't know that, hey, uh, you're a GC and you have four subs on this job. You have an issue with one of them on this. 
your uh, materials are out six weeks. And so you're dealing with that issue. And we've got uh, this other issue with the county or something. So I see a ton of value that didn't really exist before with podcasts where you can kind of help educate all of the, the legs of the stool, if that makes sense. I think you have a really cool perspective there. And honestly, excuse me, honestly, it's really incredible for Davis and I to hear that coming from someone. Cause first of all, that's all we want to do is add value to someone. And the fact that, you know, we never, honestly, I never would have thought that we would add any value to the, uh, in a, to the world like that of, of people just getting to learn about that for their industry, uh, which is awesome. Now we kind of have something to go off of as well. But you're right about that. You know, the thing about companies and building building relationships is it's really hard looking from the outside in. And I've experienced this. It's really hard looking from the outside in, knowing exactly... I'm going to try to phrase this the right way. Knowing exactly what a person needs or what they have in their cards because you could be talking to someone with one company and if you're not careful and they don't like you or you kind of blow them off or you do something wrong as a salesman well then that they could be connected with 10 different companies that their company owns right or that they just know very well and now you're blacklisted from that whole thing right so if you like you have to do a very 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 careful job of getting to know every person and also being like, honestly, not letting them dislike you because that could be a killer for a salesman, especially in a territory and an industry where people know everyone. Yeah. Sales is that's sales is brutally difficult because, you know, everyone expects you, the, the deer guy, the cat guy, the we have the best product. Everyone expects, you know, ours is the most productive, saving money, but everyone expects it. So how do you build value um, in the eyes of the customer? And it takes time and it has to be done through like what we were talking about earlier, like responsiveness, problem solving, passion, right? I mean, that's uh, some of the most successful salespeople that I've seen are the ones who are the most passionate about their customers yeah. and solving their issues. All, a lot of stuff sounds very simple and fundamental, mm. but a lot of people don't do it. Like there, are, I've seen a lot of people who don't really answer the phone when they know the, the customer who's calling has a big issue. Yeah. <laughs> Because certain people just don't do well under pressure and they get frustrated, you know? And so the, the, the passionate guys who, who give a damn are the ones who rise to the top. And that goes, it kind of goes into the podcast we had recently, uh, actually just the last one with Temple, talking about, you know, conflict. That's one thing that people are scared of. And you just kind of mentioned it. Having to answer that phone for a problem, that's a conflict that you have to deal with. and it's something that's probably not going to help you. And now I feel like a lot of times, you know, people can be so selfish because if it doesn't help them, if it doesn't get them somewhere, then they don't want to do it. If it's a problem that is going to cost some money, that's not going to, it's not going to bring them any benefit whatsoever. You know, that's something that I, it's easy for someone to say, I don't want to deal with it. And absolutely in the world of sales, what you hear from customers sometimes is, well, you only come around when I need to buy something. (laughs) And it's true, right? Yeah. Right to your point of, you know, only when there's something in it for you. 
And the funny thing about, uh, and this is only learned from experience, um, is when there's huge opportunity to shine when the customer has a problem. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Right? And so when you answer that phone, you don't have to have the answer, but it's never going to get any better the longer it's delayed. And so if you answer the phone and just take it and, but put together a plan to help the customer, that's actually what helps build a much stronger relationship because, you know, contractors in construction, they know they're used to things going wrong. I mean, things go wrong every day. These machines break every day. I mean, it's not like this, Oh, I can't believe. No. I mean, this excavator is going to break probably (laughs) twice this month. (laughs) And so that's, it's funny. I didn't think of it initially when you asked me about building relationships, but I think that's a huge part in this industry of developing a relationship is being somebody who can be counted on who's come through in, in when there's a problem. That's so good. I mean, reliability. And honestly, it goes more than just in sales. You know, Someone's always going to, there's, that's, that's another thing I love about construction. There's always a problem. You're always problem solving. There is always something that you have to fix. And the one thing is, you know, I, my, I, I've heard people say it over and over again. It's something I try to implement, or if I'm, you know, leading people, I try to implement that, but it's like, do not come to someone. And this includes me going to someone, do not come to someone if you don't, with the problem, if you don't have a solution to that problem, you know? So it's like, even, being a salesman, I could see if a customer comes to you with a problem, like that's an opportunity for one, like you just said, to make a better connection with your salesman. Because I love someone that can help me solve a problem that helps fix my problem. Like, shoot, I'll go to bat for you if you can do that, you know? And it helps you because if you're going to someone, with, if someone's coming to you with a problem and you're going to someone with that same problem, well, then that's not, that's worthless. Like, you need to take that problem and you need to have the mindset of, all right, I have this. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to help fix this. I'm going to have like three solutions. They might all be wrong, but at least I helped thought through it and I can talk with the customer and help them think through this. And then if I don't know what, is, what the problem is, I'm going to go to find someone that does. I'm going to come with them with these solutions that I have. And again, that could be wrong, but like I'm going to find someone to fix it and we're going to think through it together. It's not just pass one problem on to the next person, to the next person. I see that so often. And a lot of different industries that people don't want to take responsibility for something that even if it's not their fault, like Jocko Willing's extreme ownership. Yeah, totally. I mean, think about it from a customer's perspective. Like if, if I'm the customer and you're my salesman and I call you with a problem and the salesman says something like, hey, did you call the service manager? Do you think yeah. the customer is going to buy from you? Again? Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm calling you because you're the one who sold it to me. And I want you to own this problem and figure it out. Yep. That's all people right. want. People just want you to recognize that it is your problem as well as theirs, even if Correct. you didn't break it, you know, or if it, if you sure. didn't cause it, it's still part of your problem. Right. That's right. And kind of going back, Alex, a little bit earlier, people you were talking about, and I just have this stuck on my head about how salesmen got there. If there's three tips for me, because I'm in the field, so I want to give advice out to them. Oh, show up go. really, show up really early. Show up at five o'clock when the superintendents are in there doing paperwork, because he don't want to do it, and he'll probably spend time talking to you. Two, bring food. If you bring food to a guy in the field, holy cow, he will want to listen to anything you have to say. <laughs> and then three, take him out to lunch. If you do those three things, you'll be a good salesman. That, that's, that's just what great I have. Advice. 
that's that's the salesman handbook. Uh, and then I think like hats are would be number four. Oh, yeah. You see Stickers. a lot of a lot of hats being handed out. Uh, that that's the salesman playbook. Definitely. But the, the 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 best ones I think, Alex, from what I've seen is okay. The first time you meet them, they just drop in quick, say hey, give them some stuff, and just say if you ever need me. And then okay, maybe two weeks later they come back in. Now they already know kind of your face, and they saw how okay you at least gave them contact, gave them a little pitch real quick. But you came back again, and then you came back again. Once you get there, once you start showing up again, you're gonna get that superintendent's heart because I didn't realize it. And it's really an, any entry level job, but you know, I had a very humbling experience, Alex, when I first came to Brassville and Gory, um, you know, I was wrapping cubicles with plastic and, you know, I just graduated college thinking I'm going to be the leading and managing like, you know, just floors of stuff. Obviously I, I'm not, but you know, I get there and I'm picking up trash. I'm learning that the superintendent needs to know that he can trust me, that I add value that I'm willing to know, the subcontractors. I'm willing to know who the team is. And honestly, I'm thankful for and hope that I can c- continue to get to do that because those first three months of doing things I didn't want allowed me to earn the right to go speak to our subs and to have a relationship with them and to earn my superintendent's trust. And so people so often think about just a short game, like Walker just said, just what I can get out of it. But just like Alex did with creating Heave, if you can think about the user, if you can think about the end game of what they need, you'll be very successful. Yeah. I read um, a great, great book recently that I would highly recommend. And it's written by, uh, it's called competing against luck by Clayton Christensen. And what Clayton Christensen, I think is a former professor and he talks about a, a jobs theory. And so this was really helped us, um, formulate some certain things. And he's talking about how important it is to understand your product and your customer. What job is your customer hiring your product for? And it might not be that most obvious thing. And um, like, what would, what does the customer have to fire? Cause he's using something right now. What does he have to fire in order to use your product? And so the way I think about it with Heave is a salesperson, what are they hiring Heave to do? They're hiring Heave as an alternative to cold calling 15 customers today and not being able to see any of them. That's what they're hiring us to do. Um, What is a customer hiring us for? A customer is hiring us so he doesn't have to go figure out who to call and that everything can come to him in one place. Um, so it's a really cool, I never thought about things that way. Um, and for an equipment salesperson, this, I remember I had one experience, uh, if I'm just a regular uh, equipment salesperson, you know, we weren't, I, I saw a customer up in like the Philadelphia area. Cause we had a dealership up there at one point in time. And I was kind of asking our sales guy, you know, why is it, why is it so hard to get our product in with such and such account? They were in a big account. And um, we met with the equipment manager and they were a really large account. And I never thought about this term. Like they weren't necessarily hiring our dealership for the product. They were hiring for equipment to always be running. And what I mean, and that sounds very simple, but. The way he explained it to me was, he's like, we went with CAT because you know, if we've had Volvos in the past 
And I've had the owner of the project come and there was four of them sitting on the side that were broken down and you couldn't get a tech for X amount of time. And so I was like, huh, if they were cat, then the owner of the company knows, oh, okay, well, at least we went with a safe choice because they have X amount of technicians and they have the support where Volvo at the time was new, was a, was, he was kind of going out on a limb by buying Volvo. And so it was a new thing. The president of the company didn't under, you know, didn't know our service capabilities. And, and I never thought about it in those terms, but I come back to that jobs theory is that the customer is hiring you, you know, for a certain job. It's not for uh, the lift capacity necessarily of the excavator. You know, so you, it, it was a, a really cool exercise. Uh, and then obviously there's other stories about other companies and, with the jobs that they've solved for, you know, with their products, but I would highly recommend it. It's pretty cool. And I love that. I, that's really cool to me. I love that kind of stuff. Strategic, I guess is the one word and also how uh, hard it is to recognize what someone wants until you really get into nitty gritty, because what you think someone wants on the, on the surface is what they want you to see. But when you start thinking about like, okay, what actually is their problem and what mm -hmm. am I actually solving? Once you Correct. get to that, it's your goal. That's crazy. And, I, and like I said, I never thought you have to think of it in terms of who who you're you're yeah. calling on. Right? That's good. So I never thought of it in that way with an equipment manager. I always my my thought at the time, and this I was younger, was okay. An equipment manager, he's judged on. Well, hey, I bought these ten machines and I saved us X. Mm -hmm. You know, because I got quotes for. No, it's it's an it's an investment. It's an ongoing um, decision because yeah. you now have, you have a two year job or whatever it is. And if the owner of the company comes by and you're behind schedule because the equipment you chose to buy is down, who gives a shit that you saved you know fifty grand on the total purchase price if it's not running? And I never thought about it in those terms. That's good. Alex, I, I love that. We're, we're, we're getting to closing time. I got one question, and then we got our two ending questions. But real quick, what, where did Heave come from? I'm curious where the name came from. The name? You know, yeah. I, get that, I get that all the time. I believe it. Uh, it actually, I didn't come up with it. My, uh, one of my co-founders did. He's, a, um, he's head of our product. He's a young guy. I think he's 31 now. Um, He's a project engineer, really, really sharp guy. He's responsible for the design of our platform. And he's he's been in the tech space for a long time. And you know, he he told me how like all the tech companies have a one-syllable name. It's short, you know, it's memorable that way. And so he was like, What about like a play on the word heavy? So heave. And oh, okay. uh, so I, I liked it. Uh, probably one of the coolest experiences I've had with this whole thing was we went to a marketing agency and we told them the name of the company and the industry we serve. And we kind of took them through. And then they would, they gave me eight proposed logos and we got to narrow them down. That whole process was pretty neat. That's awesome. Well, Alex, man, as we wind down, I appreciate you giving us your time, but you know, we asked these two questions and I know since you've listened to some of the podcasts, you probably know what's coming, but my question is to those young people in construction that are, are wanting to come into our industry or people that even haven't even thought about it, 
what are some qualities you think they should pursue as they're coming into our industry? I think it, it's the same in anything. I think young people, and I was one of these people as well, you can't rush experience. And even though you want to, Sounds good. especially those that are ambitious. And what, what happens is you just have to, you have to own and do the best job you can on whatever you're given. And when you have shown that you own, no matter how small it is, how menial the task is, but when you show that you're excellent and you, you know, once again, back to passion, like companies don't ignore passionate people, yeah. but it also, it also doesn't happen within six months. Uh, and so I think that's one of the things um, that is so important is that young people want to rush experience, but it's counterintuitive, right? You, you just gain it over time. And there's no, I don't know, there's no like date where you're like, all right, well, five years from now, I'm going to have all this experience. It kind of, it just kind of just happens. Like you get put in more situations mm. and then they, they're not yeah. as new. Like you kind of, then you can draw back on, oh, well, I was kind of in something similar and this is what we did. And right. so it just yeah. it, it kind of evolves. Like and I would, I would say that that wisdom came from the gray hair, but it doesn't look like you got too many gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I have, if I, some hair. if I grow out hair on my head and I grow out facial hair, it's gray and white. It is so there we go. ridiculous. Silver fox. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. I, I, you know, that's the first time we've ever gotten that one. And I feel that honestly, from a young guy, just starting out, you want to have more experience than you do because oh, you yeah. feel like, you know, you feel like you can know it, but then I've gotten humbled many a times, you know, it's like, I don't know as much as I think I do. And you just have to sit there and realize like every single opportunity, every single day is a learning experience. And every single day, is another day where you get more experience that you can apply to something down the road. And that's kind of the thought process that I have to have going into work every day. Cause like I said, I want, I want to be more experienced, but you know, right. Alex, go on. No, no, you're totally right. And the other thing I would say to that too, is you can also learn from other people. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I think everyone's I, got from the mistakes that they've made. Um, yep. So I've always been kind of observant to that. Like ask that, you, I'll ask questions. Ask don't, people questions and don't do what that guy just did. Yeah, <laughs> you don't exactly. have to make his mistake. <laughs> I've had a, you know, I've had a coach once say like, "Watch this," and the the guy in front of me did not do the right thing. He looks at me and goes, "Don't do that." And I was like, "All right, gotcha." <laughs> but no, it's Alex. You have an awesome story, and we truly, really enjoyed getting to talk with you and learn a little bit about it. You know, but like you said, you didn't think you're ever going to start a company, and now now you have. And it's a challenge, but it's a good challenge. And you've learned a lot through it. And like you said, it takes a while to get experience. So with all that combined and, and having this experience now, as you've gotten into your 40s, you know, what, what's something that you wish you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self, your 25-year-old self, that you know now that you didn't know then? That even like the most seasoned uh, people, like you look at the people at the top of your organizations, they don't have all the answers. That's what I would say. Good. And that, um, that it's okay to be wrong. 
people say like I try to stay away from like the the common oh, it's okay to fail uh it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to try things like I wasn't I was an athlete and so I had that when I was younger I only wanted to do things that I was really really good at because I hated not being good at something yeah so personally yeah. I've learned to kind of let go of that as I've gotten older and tried new things. I'm like, I should have done that a long time ago, but <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that I think um, be, was became very enlightening for myself in the last few years is when you're, when you gain experience and you're around um, really successful people, what you come to learn is that they don't have the answers all the time. Now they have experience, so they don't panic in situations. But sometimes you think, especially when you're younger, oh wait, I mean, he's always gonna know what to do, or she's always gonna know what to do. And it's not that, it's not that way, right? And so you what you I would have told myself that as younger, like they just know that the most critical thing is you figure it out. And that I, I wish I would have known a lot younger. Yeah, that's good. And I, I even think about how you just said, um, you know, you'll you'll learn off of people that didn't know what they were doing. I also, if I go to someone and they always know the answer, I'm seldom to kind of take their advice too, because it's like, hold up, you didn't even really ask the questions like that with me. Like you just kind of gave me an answer, that's it. And you know, they're not digging in. So that's really good advice. I like that a lot. Yeah, Alex, thank you so much. It, it, seriously, I've, we've had a great time. I've learned a ton just getting to listen to you and from your experience. So now I get to add that to my experience. But for real, thank you so much. And, and so grateful that you came on the show with us. Uh, and thank you for the, everything you do in the dirt world and trying to make that a better place. That's right. Yeah, tr we're trying. You know, it's, this is a, a, a pleasure to be on and kind of talk shop and talk industry. I, you know, I, I love every opportunity that I get uh, to connect with people and, and talk about different things. Because this is part of what we were talking about earlier, right? About how to get more... Uh, promotion of the industry and so yeah. you know th this stuff helps right awesome. yeah that's right alex we appreciate you uh, i appreciate you being willing to spend some time and maybe we can even get you on dirt talk after this i don't know maybe we can right. get aaron Witt to listen in it, it, believe me i i listened to one of his podcasts and i perked up when he talked about buying a skid steer and he said he <laughs> he he would he, even he said he's like i, I I would have thought I could have just gone and bought it online. And I'm like, mm -hmm. see, validation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why do we have to always call? Now, he probably would have bought it from Cat, but maybe we could have gotten Aaron Witt three competing quotes with no additional effort on his part. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. 
And whatever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But, guys, we just want to put this out there. And however you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please, just – Reach out to us. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values. And that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback and we want to be be held accountable.